Hello and welcome to the Indian Dream podcast, co-hosted by Sahil and Siddharth. On this show, we highlight the journeys of successful SME entrepreneurs who've built profitable businesses and attempt to learn more about what it takes to build one. Each week, Sahil and I will interview one such entrepreneur and learn something unique from their journey. How do you break into an industry with no connections or knowledge about how the industry functions? Well, one way to do it is by finding mentors from the industry who guide you and help you think through long-term decisions. Let's listen in to see how Vikram entered the travel industry when most around him were shutting shop. We discuss how mentorship was extremely critical for him to bring custom holidays, his travel agency's vision to life. Hey Vikram, thanks a lot for coming on our podcast today. It's great to have you here. So as an introduction to everybody, Vikram is the co-founder and chief experience officer of Custom Holidays. So Custom Holidays, from what I understand, you guys make custom vacations for people wanting to do vacations or holidays or I guess engagements or honeymoons, right? Correct me if I'm wrong about that. Hi, Sahil. Hi, Sudha. Thanks for having me here. It's been a pleasure and hopefully this is a good fun talk for the next some few minutes. Uh, Custom Holidays is an experiential travel company. The idea behind the company is that whatever you're looking to do uh, and however outrageous the idea of travel might be, we're the ones here to make it possible. It's not just to book a hotel or an attraction, but it's basically to help you realize those wilder, crazier travel ideas that you would like to do or local experiences which are not really uh, widely publicized online or on other publications uh, and people don't know that they actually exist out there. Well, so that's uh, quite interesting. So if I was to go to Finland or something like that, uh, you would say don't go see the Northern Lights, go see something more local. No, I would say the Northern Lights, of course, will be a part of what you will see and experience. But uh, what we'd like to add on to something like that is take you to a reindeer farm where you're actually feeding the reindeers, you're interacting with them with a local farm that's been raising them for the last 200 years, you know. And that local experience uh, is something that you will not get when you typically go to Finland or you stay in a hotel which is by a frozen lake and you're waking up to a lake that's frozen uh, and you can do ice skating at any time of the day. And those kind of smaller experiences amongst the bigger experiences, it was uh, adds a lot of value to our clients and travelers. I also noticed that you had done an MBA at uh, SPGen and uh, I noticed that you did an MBA in family managed business. But obviously, from what I can see, custom holidays is not your family business. What was that family business that you were doing beforehand? And why did you decide to move away from that? So my family business is stockbroking. Uh, We've been stockbrokers for about 25 years now. Second generation that had entered the business around 2007 is when I joined the family business. And I was actively a part of it till 2013 beginning. Uh, That's when I quit and started uh, custom holidays officially. The idea of primarily shifting from a family business to custom holidays had two, which was twofold. The initial part of the family business journey was amazing. and But post 2008, when the subprime crisis hit and the subsequent crash in the market and the economy for a few years, it, it was a lot harder, you know, in the stockbroking business at that point in time, which led to a lot of frustration, tension when you're handling a team of dealers yourself. And it, it wasn't the easiest of time. Also in 2010 is when I got married. And that was basically the uh, seed of formation of the idea of custom holidays. Because when I wanted to go for uh, my honeymoon with my wife that time, 
we met about 17 odd travel agencies and no one could really define and give us a program that we were looking for it was very superficial and we had to put in a few months of research and do the trip that somewhat what we wanted to it was still a great trip but when we came back we realized that had someone been there in a professional capacity to show us just how much we have missed once we got there and realized that we didn't have time to do so many more things we realized that it's not a problem that just we face but it's a problem that a lot of people like us face and that was the starting idea of custom holidays taking that you know that that step from ideation to getting people to ask you to really starting and forming the company and uh, getting clients that's not an easy step how was that journey for you guys i think the journey was great uh, primarily because we clearly didn't have a plan of what we were doing uh, to be very honest we didn't uh, so we sat on the idea for about two and a half three years of making a formal company because i was still 100% in my stock broking business and juvi was enjoying doing what she was doing but she still wasn't sure if she wanted a company out of it but it finally became a company because of the number of requests that we had for planning holidays and stuff like that so one i don't think you know from an ideation point to an actual company point we really thought about how we were going to go about it. it just kind of organically happened that more and more people asked us for travel uh, itineraries and that's when we realized that we have no idea of how this industry works nor is uh, juhi nor myself a part of the travel and hospitality industry uh, we come from very different backgrounds uh, never studied it never worked in it uh so we didn't have a game plan we just went with the flow uh, and we kept learning every single day on the job so this goes against a lot of uh, what i would say traditional thinking that you know you need to plan you need to have your business plan in hand before you go out into the market and start getting clients and all of that and this kind of i think feeds back into an idea from this book called uh, the lean startup where you're constantly iterating you're constantly trying new things um is that what you feel like you're you're doing a lot is that you're going back into the market and you're asking clients you're talking to clients that hey um is this something that you would want is or is this something else it started off with the lean startup concept definitely it's one of those those very few articles that i read at harvard business review and that stuck on uh, very early on i don't think we actually knew that that this phrase existed when we started off with this concept uh, and in time we did read about it today when i look back i think i should have had a better business plan and have a better structure and processes of how would i have done things but at that point just the fact i think that we went ahead with the entire idea uh, was that we cleared the biggest hurdle that we at, at that time thought was a challenge to have a company was that there was somebody out there who was willing to take the product or service that we were offering and enough people of them that we were getting referred again and again and those who came the first time became repeat customers as well and i think that was the only validation that we used in terms of to go ahead and start the company we didn't then think of okay we have this idea but how can we now define it much better and get into systems and processes initially as because we weren't from the industry uh, because there were no systems and processes we were a lot quicker to adapting things uh, we were a lot more hands on so we learned quicker we made changes quicker and we could customize and deliver the product much quicker and better than bigger companies which had a lot of systems and processes that makes sense so from what i'm gathering is basically the or being in the trenches early on is where you really learned especially since you were not from the industry so without that early learning you would not have been able to get to where you are now and that makes complete sense 
I've seen recently some of the way the travel industry works and it is far more complex than what an outsider would think on how the travel industry works. What do you think was the biggest challenge that you faced as an outsider coming into the travel industry? Um, the biggest challenge uh, I think I faced was not being from the industry. And now when I'm a part of the industry, it's one of those industries which is pretty close-knit. Uh, people have worked in bigger organizations and then floated their own companies or they've gone and taken different roles. But eventually, uh, everybody always knew everybody. And being an outsider uh, was a lot harder because you have to prove yourself to people who uh, inherently are from a system that thinks a certain way and is programmed to deliver certain packages or holidays. And then when you come as an outsider with a very different thought process and a very different approach to how travel should be given to the final client. I think, you know, it took a lot of time and effort to prove that, you know, we were a legitimate company to our suppliers worldwide, that we were not fly-by-night operators, that we actually knew what we were talking about and delivering uh, kind of holidays that we said we would actually deliver. I mean, they just thought at one time that we are promising the earth, moon and the stars. But how would we deliver it? Because we have no track record in the industry. So that, I think, was a, a critical challenge that we had to overcome. Uh, but uh, now that's thankfully done. We're, we're partnered with probably every big hotel, luxury chain, service provider around the world today. So, But yeah, that was the initial first four or five years was, was very, very hard. I, I do remember uh, actually being told by companies across the world that, sorry, we don't work with Indian agencies where that are so new and with your referral track. So once you've done something better and you've proven yourself, come back and approach us. Till then, sorry, our doors are shut. So we face that a lot. So this is actually, I, I want to stick on this topic for a bit, uh, being an outsider and coming to a new industry, because this is something that I have seen in a few um, of the companies that I track. And this is something um, I was having a conversation with a London Business School professor the other day. And this is a question that kept coming up in that conversation as well, is that if you're a new company and you want to enter an industry, there are so many hurdles you face because you have to build trust, not just with the customers, but also with the suppliers. Because suppliers just don't want to give you favorable terms or they just don't want to sell you, uh, sell to somebody who's brand new because they don't know what you could do with that product. What would you say to somebody who is coming into the travel industry or coming into the any industry for that matter for the first time? What would you, what would your advice be as somebody who's gone through this struggle and who has learned over the years? I think the simplest approach uh, as an outsider when you're entering an industry which is well-defined and been around for a very long time is you may have an eventual goal of where you want to reach in terms of relationships or trust or a scale or whichever the case might be. But you need to understand that you aren't going to get there on day one. I think a lot, I think even myself at some point made that mistake, uh, believing that I should get certain trust factors or suppliers to work with me or clients to work with me, primarily because uh, what I was offering as a service or you know the benefits I was offering was were worth it. And that doesn't work. You need to start working on a much smaller scale than what you know you can deliver. Because people aren't going to trust you with big things. They're probably going to make that small step to trust you with the smaller things. And when you keep doing those smaller things right, probably 50, 100, 500 times, 
is when they're going to start opening up and giving you the bigger orders or bigger experiences or trust whichever way you look at it uh, from their side as well so that's the first thing that i think uh, every entrepreneur should kind of buckle down is is do it themselves secondly uh, the one of the biggest challenges that i think that entrepreneurs face in today's day uh, and i could be very very wrong about this is that uh, we've been actually coached by business schools and um, tons of uh, material online on entrepreneurship that you know a team is what makes it and you need to have the great people here and this and that but sometimes as the entrepreneur or the founder yourself uh, there's no one better to articulate your vision to your clients or your suppliers to you know kick start that journey of trust and relationship than yourself and somewhere when you get down to enough people who are doing that you're going to find someone who's going to uh, eventually become like your champion and your mentor whether it's from the supplier side or from the client side because they finally found someone where their vision of travel and your vision of travel if my case especially or it could be the industry you're looking at have matched and they've been around for probably 10 20 30 40 years and they've found somebody like a younger version of themselves and they're going to take you under their wings to groom you and i've seen that happen in most industries with most entrepreneurs that they've eventually found someone who can basically mentor them through in the initial stages especially so i would say these two things are very very critical to to build a solid foundation and take it from there i would second what vikram is saying on the finding mentors in the new industry i think that's extremely critical and the only way you can potentially do that is being authentic being genuine and having that curiosity to figure out new things and along the way you end up as as vikram rightly pointed out you end up meeting someone who who can see that spark in you who can see that fire in you and say that you know what i'm not going to let you make the same mistakes that i did and i'm going to help you in this journey and that's extremely important when you're entering a new industry of having having a mentor who's done this before otherwise it's extremely difficult yeah absolutely and i was blessed with some of the people i met cuz uh, i was a cocky person and a little snobbish when i entered the industry like i said i thought that because my service and my product was so good i should be getting a few and few things and uh, i've had some funny incidences along the way with people who eventually have opened a lot of doors for me this conversation seems to be leading towards the idea of networking where you know you keep hearing this dreaded term that in order to do well in any business in your career um, wherever you are you have to constantly be networking constantly go out meet new people and i guess do new things but is that how you went out and you found mentors or what was your experience with uh, finding these mentors who you had these experiences with uh, i think networking is, is something that every company businessman entrepreneur will need to keep doing and when i say networking is not just meeting a large pool of people you know like for the heck of it i think uh, in the best way i can define it with the way i look at it is a large uh, group of people who you are closely engaged with uh, that that for me would be networking it's not a small group of people it's a large group of people that you are at some point engaged with when it comes to my journey in terms of finding my mentors uh, i don't think i've ever actively gone and tried to make someone a mentor or i've actively gone and who you know aspire that xyz person should be a mentor i think it's just a very very natural flow where you will click with someone and that person also you know who's especially a senior in the industry you might bump into them at at uh, 
organization kind of a thing you may bump into them at an event that's been organized by uh, some someone you could meet them at a party uh, the idea is that you just get talking and you realize that you share a common goal or a common vision and it just starts the steps from there for your mentorship i don't think uh, you know it's a very formal process it just happens by the way of you growing and communicating with each other so uh, one of uh, i would say my mentors you know who are from the industry is is a lady from bangalore she's a she's a senior uh, in the industry she's on a travel agency for about 20 years now she's prior to that been in uh, cox and kings prior to that worked in some of the biggest uh, luxury hotels in india like the taj and the leela and it happened that uh, i was on a work trip uh, in germany and she was a part of that trip and we've just got along very very well because our ideas of travel going forward or our tri- ideas of how we can showcase something differently are uh, matched very very well and we've been regularly in touch since then and what she's done for me is is introduced me to international organizations or events or opportunities uh which would be very which i wouldn't even know existed because they're so niche but they're fantastic uh, organizations or events and you know because she's been a part of them for so many years and there have been a few situations where probably on my own merit i would have had it a little difficult to convince uh, those people to give me an entry or an access to them but a, a, a word that you know i know what this person is doing and you can bank that the quality of work that this company will do is going to match the ethos of your organization or the event that you're hosting uh has actually opened those doors for me and in turn given me access which has helped me become a better company and you know deliver better products so they they basically help you connect the right people stop you from making stupid decisions and open certain doors which otherwise be a lot harder to open vikram one of the things that that i've realized you know while while finding mentors or or you know having mentors is it's not a one way relationship in some way or form you have to give back to them uh and and i would love to understand how do you how do you figure out what are you contributing to your mentor's life and do you do this actively do you think about this or is that something that happens over the course of time i don't think uh, you can actively uh decide beforehand what you want to give back i think it it evolves with time and one thing i i know for a fact from uh, some of the people who helped me getting there is that you need to be honest time after time after time to the core that they first uh, saw in you i think that's that's the first thing you can give back to a mentor is to be honest and not change who you are and what you want to do when you are say at point point 1 and when you reach at point 10 i think that that once you grow should not change and that's that's the first thing because they they really appreciate that you you stay true to your core uh, second thing is mentors especially love people like i said uh, where they can find something of themselves i feel and that's i personally that's my personal belief i could be very very wrong here that they see a certain amount of themselves in you and as long as you can help them re- relive some of those things or you just feel that that earlier part of them what they were doing uh, is great and the last thing that i think that you know i i would i am probably bringing to a mentor right now is as i am growing i am helping the mentor also grow because they are realizing what more they can also do in their individual careers as we discuss ideas more from a different perspective a much younger perspective uh, as well 
uh, as well as how what they learn can be again reapplied to me and that's a constant learning curve for them as well uh, i think these three things in my opinion are what mentors broadly appreciate when they invest time and energy on, with with someone i i completely agree with that i think it's the i completely resonate with the last point that you made about them learning something new from your journey i think that that goes a long way also tell me something one of the things that i've personally faced when when you're reaching out to mentors for help is often times it's you know there have been months gone by without really anything happening and the last time you spoke was because of something that you needed help with and this this time when you're speaking again it's something to you know ask for help and it's sometimes you end up stopping yourself thinking that i'm asking for too much or i'm asking for too much help is there something that you do in terms of just regular updates to these people saying that hey this is what i'm up to you know nothing no help required right now it was just sharing what i'm up to and what customer holidays is up to i think a mentor is not somebody who you touch base with once in a few months because if it's someone who's touching in base with once in a few months he is just someone who's in your ecosystem you could reach out for help and you're not sure who whether they might or might not help you uh for me a mentor is someone you're a lot more in regular touch with how i approach it is that if i am you know knowing that i want somebody as a mentor i make that expectation a little more clear to the person as well that we've been having these discussions i like where this is going will you be able to mentor me on these situations and this is what i would like to get from you uh so that's that expectation i personally set beforehand and i do a lot more in terms of a constant update because uh I think as an entrepreneur in a company if you're updating your mentor once in a few months you're working too slow you're not quick enough to to survive in the marketplace and for someone like me I'm probably bouncing off three or five ideas a week with my mentor getting shot down probably 95% of the times that you got really stupid ideas but I'm doing that I'm actually doing that even today that I I come up with random ideas and it's just a whatsapp you know at what do you think about this but I think it's very important for your mentor to be accessible to you a lot more frequently than once a few months. Do you think that sometimes the age of your mentor, the fact that they're from a different time when the industry was very different, do you think it sometimes holds you back the fact that maybe these crazy ideas they might work uh, because of the age that we're in but because they see the world slightly differently they are shooting down your crazy ideas. It could happen. uh i wouldn't be naive enough to say that it's never going to happen but i think that's the beauty of the evolving relationship between a mentor and a mentee where uh maybe at the initial parts uh you're going to have to listen a lot more to uh no ideas because you are in that phase where you're not uh strong enough to make too many mistakes and the mentor is probably protecting you a lot more and just making sure you're doing the right things to grow to a certain point and then once you're confident uh, i think both need to realize that it's okay if you so i think it's something that will evolve with time my understanding is is that uh, they do at some point bring in that weightage of a slightly different perspective which can slow you down or put a break on an idea which you think is great but that eventually boils down to the entrepreneur itself that uh, you aren't answerable to the mentor you are using the mentor to guide you and uh in the end it's still your decision to go ahead with something or not i mean so if if you feel even after a mentor saying no that this is not a great idea but you truly believe then say i am going to do this 
knowing that I'm going to do this, what's the best way to do it? Let's discuss that. So then you change the entire context of the conversation that I'm not taking a no for an answer. Now that I'm going ahead with this, you let me use your wisdom to see how I can reduce my pitfalls and make the most of this. I would love to hear one of these uh, crazy ideas that you pitch to your uh, mentor all the time. <laughs> um, it'll be really fascinating. I'm actually uh, talking to her uh, and trying to understand if uh, getting into consultancy for the travel and tourism industry is a great idea. You know, and and basically saying that I want to make more companies like mine and effectively increase competition uh, because I, I I just feel that there is so much potential in terms of. uh how companies who are established can just do smaller things and completely change the customer experience at their end for just some certain changes at their end and uh it it's stupid at times i mean that why would i want to do that but i feel that it it could be another different business as well where i eventually get into consult uh tier 2 tier 3 travel agencies who don't have access to uh, the opportunities that me sitting in bombay do uh in terms of suppliers or clients and processes or whatever to service those clients there one thing that i noticed while you were talking is that you said that you made changes very quickly in the business and in the business model and it sounds like you're constantly thinking about new things that you should be doing and you're discussing that with your mentor do you feel like your stock broking background where you obviously you had to constantly be on the trading floor you to constantly make decisions really fast do you think that background has helped much in a in a very perverse way uh, and I, i apologize uh, to my family business if anyone hurts hears this podcast uh, in the future uh, it it did help me in a way because I, i'll explain to you in a in a way why it did till 2003 we were one of the biggest stock broking firms in the country and that's not to say that i'm boasting but you know it was a fact we had institutional business we had client business and we had our own prop desk and uh, a certain decisions by my father that time where we shut down the institution business and the client business and became purely a prop desk and i've seen the journey of my family business from then on till 2020 it's not that we're we're not making money but when you stop growing as a company when you stop uh, looking at ideas and stop doing you know, a mindset of newer opportunities you inherently get into a space where over time you're just going to keep getting irrelevant in a way to the market because everybody else is looking at newer opportunities and changing so even though i do see my family business making money for the next lot of foreseeable future it's not going to be as competitive as it was probably 16 17 years ago and that's when i realized that if i don't do that as custom holidays if i am not constantly trying to chase new opportunities and think of new ideas other people are going to keep doing that and if i just keep sticking to that one horse pony kind of trick over time i will start getting irrelevant as well i may still have you know a uh, few clients and i may make money but i'm not going to be as competitive and as good as i was at one point in time so to constantly ensure that i am at the top in terms of my delivery and service i think there is no other way out but to keep looking at new opportunities and have an open mind and actually and, and and that's prove you know if even if you look back in the last 3 4 years that proves out to be right because a lot of these the make my trips the clear trips the airbnbs 
entered the experience market right they they saw what you probably saw back in 2010 and tried to bring in a lot more experiences on the destination that you were going for but by then you had moved you know further further ahead in terms of what is the future of 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 travel and stuff like that so i think that's that's really important it is it is i mean uh, 2010 i couldn't find one travel agency to really help me uh, today i know at least 40 or 50 just between mumbai and delhi who are doing very very good work uh, in the customized experiential travel space i mean and they are doing very well themselves so i have to now start doing different things as well to be relevant in times to come you mentioned that obviously your family business was doing really well back in the day and uh, you started off this new company somewhere between 2010 and 2013 how much funding did you get from that family business that obviously you know they have their own prop desk so i'm sure they had a lot of money to throw around my father when he heard the idea uh, said that you are crazy you're not going to get a single rupee from uh, the existing business or from whatever is in your savings account so custom holidays was started with all of 10000 rupees out of which 8000 was used for domain name registration and hosting and that left me with 2000 to start whatever the hell i wanted to do that was the only money me and joey had in our pocket at that point in time we were not allowed access to anything else unfortunately oh, how do you start a travel agency on 2000 rupees if you can't travel to those places especially as an outsider uh, so i don't think anybody knows this uh, bit of information but uh, to have that honeymoon in europe uh, i pretty much forgave uh, and i said i'm not going to have a sangeet and i said to my dad that you can i'm going to use that money to go travel so because you anyways going to go spend it uh, for one evening so i'm just going to take that money and and make my trip so that's what funded the honeymoon and uh, subsequently uh, on my honeymoon trip an alitalia flight got delayed i got compensated 500 euros and that became the seed money for my next trip to singapore <laughs> where i kind of used 10000 rupees for the flight ticket and the rest was used to stay in a hostel kind of a thing in exposing a power for the the next trip so and in that time of course because you get started a, a little bit of planning you know you made a little bit of money from there but that's essentially how we started custom holidays and for the first four years i think not a single penny was taken out and we lived pretty meagerly so vikram uh you've all obviously had a very interesting journey where you joined a business and an industry that you were not really used to or you that was very different from stockbroking what would you recommend to upcoming entrepreneurs or people joining their family business uh, who are getting into lines of work that are very different from what they know right now whether when i was part of my family business in stockbroking um, and i just started uh, handling a team of uh, dealers for my prop desk or whether it was custom holidays i think the biggest uh, right thing that i did was was literally going and doing it and not spending too much time reading or listening or just observing it i think today it's very essential to just get down and get your hands dirty and there's no better learning than doing um i i i heard about stockbroking and trading all my life but it's very different when you get down to it and same for running a business on your own so i would just tell everybody knew that it's it's good to take in uh, media and good to hear things and observe things but nothing is going to change the experience you're going to get from literally going and doing to so just do 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 and do because you're going to fail many many times 
that's really funny that you're saying that to me because i am a big uh, reader and also that was going to be my next question what would you what would your recommendations be for reading any books that have inspired you any uh, youtube videos maybe or any podcasts that have inspired you in particular i'm not saying reading is bad sahil and i'm not like i said so it's it's not a bad thing i mean i've 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 been a, a avid reader i've been a voracious reader till recently i'm not very comfortable with the e reading concept so hence that reading has come down but i've always followed tony robbins uh, he's been somebody that uh, i have enjoyed thoroughly uh, listening to and getting ideas from him and you know just the way he he says things the energy that he says it that's been brilliant for me uh, i have uh, there's a book called uh, managing for results it's by peter drucker and that's been one of my uh, go to books uh, for business because i think uh, he puts down a lot of difficult points there that you would like to avoid as an entrepreneur and he makes you realize that you need to be doing these things so those are the two things that i i look back and prefer to often but like i said uh, reading is not bad but the more important part is what are you doing with that reading and learning if it is going to absorb it and do nothing about it then you could be reading anything and it, it doesn't matter whether it's motivational and learning stuff or it's reading tintin it, it wouldn't matter uh so if you're reading uh things which are not for recreational purpose make sure you're applying them somewhere the idea is that and it's not like you know you read today and you apply at the same instant it's about reading in a way that you internalize what you're reading and at some point you're subconsciously using that information and knowledge towards whatever you're doing i think that's that's critical sahil you've been quite instrumental in sending some books across to me lately and I've been thoroughly enjoying reading them and I'm, and I'm actually if if you uh, go back to a certain point in my podcast I realized now when I'm talking about it that I gave the reference of the hero and the guide which comes from your story brand book that I've been reading so vikram uh, last question from me is uh, where should I go once uh, covid is over what is what is your top travel recommendation the reindeer farm or maybe somewhere else if you want a practical answer I'm going to say you're going to be stuck within the country and and there are some fantastic places in india as well that uh, we've also not been promoting so far but we are very very excited to talk about once covid opens up and we're going to be uh, will you you be shooting you some ideas once things are a little better to travel in india as well so i would look out for that but honestly i think uh, you can go anywhere in the world but uh, my my um, understanding is that people are going to start moving a lot more into the non touristic areas going forward they may land into a big city but they're quickly going to sp- spend a lot more time where the crowds are lesser you're basically recommending that i go to a reindeer farm in ladakh that's i think what i'm going to do in september thanks for the recommendation vikram you could probably go climb some uh, walls of mountain faces not walls but knowing you there as well <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, thanks a lot vikram it was great having you today thank you so much vikram Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to that as well.